Hey there, welcome to Science Fiction. Uh, my, my name is Salim Siddharwala, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Carl Ames. Carl, how are you? I'm doing all right, and I managed to dodge the blizzard. I mean, not necessarily, I mean, I'm in the blizzard, but I wasn't in the weather <laughs> driving today. Uh, how about That's you? Good. How did you fare today? Uh, I work from home, so I was good, and I am now off for the remainder of the year. So I am I am excited. I will have some free time to do stuff. Um, I know we, I originally we said we we're gonna review uh, Avatar this week, but I just didn't have the time uh, to go watch it. Uh, I will watch it obviously in the next couple of days. I mean, not the next couple of days, but like sometime next Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Uh, so we can review it on Thursday, uh, but yeah, I just got super busy with work, just kind of wrap stuff up before my vacation, and then, um, yeah, other than that, everything is going going well, and I'm excited that I'm gonna have like essentially uh, eleven days off in a row. It's it's funny, I I had four days vacation days left for the year, and since like Christmas and uh, New Year's fall on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting 11 days off in a row because like, I'm getting like to observe. So like Christmas, for example, the, tomorrow we get off for New Year's Eve, which is on the Saturday. And mm-hmm. then we get Monday off for Christmas, which is on Sunday. And then again, New Year's Eve is, I think, um, or so I should say New Year's day is like on Sunday. On oh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we get that Monday off. So basically I milked four days into an 11 days vacation gotcha <laughs> so, so that's it's pretty nice it's pretty nice and i didn't plan it originally like that i just like took four days like like i, I mean i try to do it that way because obviously it does give me extra days but i didn't realize it was going to give me 11 days off in a row it's normally like you know 
nine, eight or eight or eight, like eight or nine or something like that because of like one extra holiday. Because usually Christmas and stuff falls in the middle of the week. Just by luck, this year both holidays fall, fall in the week. Obviously, since I don't work the weekend, I can give you observer um, following week work day off. So it works out pretty well for me. Um, how about you? What's new with um not much like i said I just i worked yesterday to make sure i uh was off today didn't want to be out in, oh, in that uh, again. blizzard there and um yeah not a whole lot going on i'm finalizing my next uh action figure so i'll be painting that over the weekend and um yeah that's that's about it just been catching up on some anime uh, i'm watching chainsaw man right now for the first time and um yeah some other stuff just getting caught up on not a whole lot of busy things that's cool yeah that's uh that's awesome you're getting that that's action figure set up um i've been also like i'm a downtime i've been mostly watching movies um i watched uh i i know i know you say you don't watch a lot of christmas movies but i watched uh the uh recent um it's the uh, Violent Night. It came out this this year, or just like a month or two ago. Um, is David Harbor? No, that went okay. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. It was fun. Uh, so I would recommend whoever hasn't watched that yet. Um, I would recommend watching it. It's a it's a good movie. It's basically the premise is essentially like David Harbor Santa Claus, like the real Santa Claus, and um, a house that he is. Uh, delivering presents to has uh, been under siege and basically he gets caught in saving the, f- the family like they show the they show like a lot of stuff I don't want to give stuff away to make any spoilers I know we technically give spoilers on this show anyway we're not reviewing violent nights so I'm not gonna give a lot of spoilers away uh, but yeah, it's a fun movie. It's just an action movie that is just just stupid fun. Uh, I would recommend for people to check it out for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, we do have uh, a fun show today. We are continuing our tier um, review or tier list thing that we've been doing. So continuing with the MCU. Uh, now we're moving on to phase two for you. And we're going to just give our thoughts on on the movies. Um, so kind of give a idea of the movie in phase two. I'll kind of give a a brief um, well movies and like I suppose shorts too. Um, just kind of give a, an idea which ones we're going to be talking about. So we're going to be talking about list or tiering Iron Man three, Thor: The Dark World. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxies, uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and then the Marvel one-shots, like the shorts, um, if you will, uh, are Agent Carter, and then Hail, uh, All Hail the King. So those are the ones that we're going to be tearing, and we're doing it through like S through D, essentially. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get started. Um, We'll start with 
I guess we'll just go into order that I just listed. So let's start with um uh or did you just want to go from like top to bottom? Doesn't matter. Whatever. Whatever you want to start with. Well, that's it. Yeah, okay. So let, let's start with Iron Man uh three uh first, because that came out first of phase two. Uh where did you, Carl, have Iron Man three? Um, well, personally about Iron Man three, I think uh, I, I kind of mirror the same way I felt about Iron Man 2 in that I like it a lot more than a lot of people seem to because um, I remember people hating this movie when it came out and, and still apparently do uh, hate this movie. Um, but I, I, I think it's actually the worst one of the three, but, you know, it's got to be one of the three. It has to be the worst. Um, so really? I do... Well, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just thinking. No, no, I'm saying you think yeah. it's a worse of like you thought even it's worse than two. Yes, I actually, I actually think two is the worst of right. the three Iron Mans. Okay. Yeah, for for me, War Machine made Iron Man two, just him just being there. there. And uh, the super cool scene uh, at the end where they're back to back and they're shooting that's lasers fair. and stuff like that. Like that was super cool. And then I think that's going back. I think to that's the, a shot out of the comic book, right? With the back to back like that. Mm-hmm. I I'm remember. not sure. Uh, but then also the totally the um, the retcon of Iron Man uh, saving Peter Parker at that time and that being the first time that they met at that uh tony stark expo or whatever it was called uh because again that was totally not planned for but the fans wished it and they made it canon but that's still like a nice little easter egg now sure i'm not saying iron man 2 is the best movie or a great movie by any stretch of the imagination but i do think it's better than iron man 3 that said Wait, I still like which iron one man 3. which which uh easter egg I, I i missed that do you remember in in um that tony stark expo maybe it was uh-huh. iron man one uh, it could have been iron man one maybe i have those flipped but there was a expo where all the everyone was being attacked and iron man saved a little kid and he had the iron man helmet on and he held his hand up to shoot the blast oh, and then right, iron man right. came through and a lot of you know, it was just a random kid that he saved at the time but Mm -hmm. fans uh was like yo wouldn't that be cool if that was peter parker and there just was a lot of people talking about that online making up their own fan theories and make their own fanfic of it but later on they did just went and said you know what you guys it won't hurt anything to say that that actually was peter parker so it was peter parker so they're saying that okay. it is canon that it was peter that he saved there but at the time it was just some random kid okay. um so at this, uh with that said like i said I, I like iron man 3 i think it's a cool movie but i don't love it um it's uh like the whole ptsd of avengers is kind of one of the reasons why i don't like it um it's not that it's not uh realistic i think it's i think that's kind of what the problem is is that it is realistic um i don't need it my fantasy comic book movie to be realistic in that in Mm -hmm. that regard uh where he you know sure like again it makes sense that 
going through what he did, but I didn't necessarily feel that was a need to, to go in that route. Now, one of the reasons why they did, though, because they were kind of flirting with doing the demon in a bottle storyline uh, without actually having him being a drunk uh, alcoholic. So they were kind of trying to do that uh, without a whole bunch of alcoholism. So I understand that aspect of it, but I still didn't like the way they, the, the route they went. I would rather have him actually have been an alcoholic. Um, uh, that said, visuals were good. Uh, the suit looked cool. Um, did drag a little bit at the beginning with the whole little kid at the beginning, uh, that whole thing. And um, villain wasn't great um, at all. I would have rather it been someone else for sure. Um, yeah, so, like they yeah. could have done like yeah, they could have done like the Mandarin, but not have like the actual Mandarin, but like not have him been like a racist depiction. Like you know, they can they can change that if they want. I understand why they changed the Mandarin for sure, and obviously yeah. later, much later on in Sung Chi, you know, they kind of make fun of it, um, especially the comic book version of the Mandarin. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I I don't disagree about that either. Yeah, and they, they definitely, I mean, they kind of, I wouldn't say, yeah, they partially was shot themselves in the foot with the whole Mandarin thing because they didn't do him uh, fully, like once it was revealed with the Trevor Slattery character and the whole um, acting, actor part of it all. Um, and then not, you know, again, they could have just gone with the actual Mandarin, like you said, and not gone down any kind of racist depiction or anything like that has some representation, but they decided to play it off as a joke. And those things can only go so far with so many people. And for me, it didn't go anywhere. Um, so I didn't like it at all. Uh, that part of they, the villain. Yeah. They might've been better off just having like, not had Trevor Slatter be an actor, but like Ben Kingsley actually being the Mandarin. And then maybe doing like, like um, Guy Pierce is like his one of his like you know subordinates, if you will, like that kind of is then like the Mandarin's controlling this guy. That might have maybe been a better, um, better route because like I guess the man like the Mandarin, um, like the way they depicted him in there kind of fits to what they had the Ten Rings as originally. Like the group of people that, you know, that that originally crap captured Tony in, in the first movie, um, uh -huh. so that kind of fits to that theme. Um, if you think about that too, so mm -hmm. yeah. So for me, I I want to put it at a. I mean, we can make a um, like a, a B minus if we want to, but that's kind of where I feel it. So I would just rather just keep it at B. Um, B or C is how I feel about it. Um, I guess it's not the, I think it's the worst of the three, but I don't think it's an awful movie at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have it like at B slash C as well. So I'm fine at leaving it at B. Um, I just, I just liked like the, um, I always watch it. I always tell you, I watch it during Christmas because. It's a Christmas movie. I, that's what I, I call it, a Christmas movie. Did um, you watch it this year? I did. I have already watched it. <laughs> it's a, it's on my uh, rotation of all, all, all the Christmas movies that I rewatch uh, during gotcha. Christmas time. Um, I kind of like the um, 
them trying to build up to him coming to terms with because like obviously that that whole thing with him deciding not to get the surgery to have you know be dependent on on the uh tech that you know that's in his chest like that kind of became he kind of became dependent on that and that kind of became who he was and obviously um he needed that in there because of those little bits in his, his, his the metal piece shards in his in his chest that could go to that could kill him. Um, but I I, I kind of like the build up to that. And um, like I said, you know, I I didn't like what they end up ended up doing to the Mandarin, um, and I understood why they did what they did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I thought, I just thought it was a fun movie. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's probably my second favorite. I just, I, I get the Iron Man too. Like I, I love the War Machine part, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the shock way, uh, the Whiplash character kind of ruined it for me. The villain, Whiplash villain, kind of ruined it for me. How they portrayed him in there. Um, I feel like there wasn't enough justice done to Hammer. Um. I don't know. It just feels like so. I feel like to me that was like this the third um, best Iron Man. But yeah, I don't. I'm I'm good with it being at uh, B uh, B minus or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the next one that came out in Phase Two was Thor: The Dark World. Um, now this movie to me. The first two Thors are like kind of tough. Like you know, they're not. They they were trying to they were trying to really get audiences to uh, relate with Thor, that character. So they kept trying new things with him because they change a lot. Like if you like if you look at his like for example like the hair, uh, with with Chris uh, Hemsworth in, in the first movie, like he's super blonde and his eyes are eyebrows they blonde his eyebrows too um in this movie they kind of leave him his regular hair like his dirty blonde hair if you will um and they kind of changed his character a little bit more to be less serious not as serious as in the first movie um and then as as the movies went on you saw more like light-hearted thor as opposed to like um Dark, I feel like my favorite Thor, not to kind of get off on a different tangent, is probably in Infinity War. That's probably my favorite Thor. Like, obviously, he's going through a traumatic situation, but just like the way he's in that, I feel like it's probably my favorite version of Thor. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, the Dark World, um, it had its, it had its good moments, but overall, I didn't. It's probably one of my least favorite MCU movies. I I think um, I personally have it in D. I just think like again with with uh, Natalie Portman's character, like she's such like a weak character, and she's such like a like one of the reasons why she left. She her she's supposed to be this you know brilliant scientist, and again they show her as this weak damsel that just can't that just again needs thor to save her and, and you know she she's just in that sense it's just kind of like whatever and then the whole um yeah the whole 
the movie, like I said, the plot line is fine. It's whatever. I didn't really care for like the villains either. Um, like they're not like anything um, like memorable, if you will. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, the like the dark elves. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, like overall, I just felt like it was probably one of the weaker MCU films, and that's where I personally have it. I have it in D. Well, couldn't agree with you more. Um, I mean, if, if I if we had more letters on this list, I'd put it lower. I, right. I think it's it's uh absolutely for me the worst MCU movie without a doubt. Like it's if anyone asks, that's the first movie I'm going to think of is Thor: The Dark World's worst MCU movie by far. And that said, I've watched this movie so many times, and like like on TNT or yeah. uh, like whatever like it's just on and i'm like in a hotel room and I'm like yeah okay whatever i'll just put it on <laughs> you know yeah. like it's i don't think it's a bad movie i just think it's a bad mcu movie so i think right. I still think that it's better than most other bad movies no 100 um, like like for example yeah. like a morbius it's like it's so yeah absolutely Morbius was just trash. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's a perfect example. I would rather watch <laughs> Thor the Dark World over watching Morbius or even uh, uh, Venom 2, honestly. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So that said, it's just the worst MCU movie, but uh, it, it it has the worst villain of all of the MCU in Malekith by far. Like, is a terrible depiction of Malekith. Malekith is like he's practically uh, a a jokester type of character like not quite like uh, um, a jester not quite like a jester but Mm -hmm. still kind of a little floaty in the air he's an elf like a little little, kind of like a fantasy thing they made him more like a brooding uh silent type character and it was just stupid and not not really good like i yeah, I think like the justice they've done to the Thor villains. Like even I was upset with like the the Frost Giants because like while they they make them big in the movie, but like in the comics they're literally like huge. Mm-hmm. Like they're giants giants. And then in here I feel like they're well, they're tall, but they're not that much bigger than like as as big as they should be compared to like Thor. Um and, uh, and and like and the rest of their as guardians like so to me and then like yeah they kind of you know they yeah I just like I feel like the Thor villains they haven't really done justice uh, in the first at least in the first two movies I feel like and though I will say because I meant to come back to this so Chris Hemsworth has said um, particularly recently I don't think is something you'll hear have heard him said over the like the the first couple movies but. Um, he did say that he likes to or he wants to reinvent the character every two movies. So the first two movies were very similar uh, in tone and how he depicted Thor and so on. And then he was reinventing Thor for the next movie, which would have been Thor Ragnarok. That's the third movie. And then Thor, Thor Ragnarok and Love and Thunder, he's very similar in character uh, in Taika Waititi uh, uh, you know, directed and so on, but he says in the next movie after Love and Thunder, whenever that is, whatever it is, he wants to reinvent Thor again. So we can't expect Thor to one, the next the Thor five, whatever it is, 
he won't be like he was in the first two movies and he won't be like mm-hmm. how he was in Thor Ragnarok or in Love and Thunder. He's going to be actually different again. So we don't know what that means and how they're going to make that change. It most likely means that they won't go with Taika as a director because of his directing style and his yeah, uh, writing style and stuff like that, which I don't have a problem with. But if he wants to actually reinvent the character, you can't keep using the same um, directors and art directing and, and, and costume designs and stuff like that. You have to actually change a lot. So I would expect Taika is going to move on to a different project or just maybe not do anything else in the MCU. Who knows? But right. uh, I would expect uh, another shift in that character. Uh, you, you were saying something? Yeah, I was just saying I, I prefer that. I mean, nothing against Taika, and I like, like I said, I l- really liked Ragnarok, but I just was, I didn't, I, I thought, I thought Love and Thunder was too silly, like to me, for me personally, just for me personally. Like, I'm not trying to say if anyone else liked it that they're crazy for liking it or whatever. Like for me, just personally, it just got too silly, and I just didn't. I like. I get like they're more like Thor is more similar in Ragnarok and, and Love and Thunder, but like I feel like in Love and Thunder they made him like a super himbo. Like he was much more airheaded in in in, in Love and Thunder compared to the other movies, and I I didn't like that, and I was just like, man, I don't like what they're doing with Thor here. I I didn't like the the random like. Like the jokes just for like a little bit too much at times to me personally, like I said. Um but yeah, I, I would I would like them for them to move on from uh from that direction and it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what you know he portrays Thor as next. And just to go back to a point that you were you were making before. So Thor Ragnarok, again, he, he went in another direction with Taika, and the movie was very funny, and, and he was way way more lighter of a character uh, going into it. But by the end of Thor Ragnarok, you have him go through all of these events, and, and Asgard is destroyed by Surtur and, uh, and so on, and then he goes onto the ship, and then Thanos kills another half of his mm-hmm. uh, re- remaining of Asgard. So by the time he hits Infinity War, like you said, he's very broken and he's gone through a lot of traumatic things. He wasn't quite as silly and it really uh, was a different character for that particular stretch between Infinity right, War and Endgame. Endgame. Right. But when you go back to Love and Thunder, all that stuff is over and past him in Asgard, although he mm-hmm. lost his father, he lost Asgard, he lost a lot of friends and stuff like that. It is over, and he can go back to, you know, a little bit of... But they still speech. show him, he still show him as being lost, as who he is and what he should be doing in the in, in the first part of the movie. Like, he's still very much lost. Right, and he's also hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, a very, very right. silly group of people. Right. You know? So, like, that can get him back to being... Because when he left, he wasn't... Like, when he left with Guardians, he wasn't, like, super, like, broody man... Or super, uh, pop, you know, uh, airy, airheaded type of guy. He was still, like... Right. He was ready to move on, but he wasn't ready to have the responsibilities of running Asgard or doing anything like that. He wanted to get away from it all, and the, the Guardians were his escape for that and he started being goofy with them which gave him back kind of the vibes that he was having with Ragnarok is all I'm trying to say so when he's going no, sure. to the next movie 
Um, I expect him to probably start that way and then something happens and then he starts to make a shift in movie as opposed to just starting a new movie as if it was like going from Ben Affleck to Robert Pattinson, Batman or something like that. No, no, it's going to be him actually making the chain in real time so that then the rest of the movie, whatever the next movie is, he'll be a different type of character and then he'll have a, a different type of motivations and so on. At least that's what I expect. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, we're settled on D for that. Um, Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. That's the next movie that came out in this theme. Um, for me, I, I have this S, S tier. Like, to this day, it's still probably arguably my favorite movie. I'm seeing a movie. Um, I just, the entire storyline, everything, I love. It's, it's like super memorable. Um, the, the connect, that, that's like when you first see the real connection and relationship building with him and Sam Wilson. Um, you see more and more what Captain America is like. He's not. He's very much not a um, just a company guy, right? He's just very. He's about doing the right thing, more and more. Um, and obviously, you see that in the first movie too, because like he, I, the one line that always sticks out to me when he says in the first movie, he's like, "I don't like." He's like. When uh, Stanley's Tucci's character is telling him, oh, so you want to kill Nazis or you want to kill Germans or Nazis, he's like, I don't want to kill anybody, sir. I just don't like bullies, no matter where they're from. Like, that's the heart of Captain America. And, like, you see more of that as, you, as you're getting into Winter Soldier and then the whole buildup of him and him finding out who uh, Winter Soldier is, that is Bucky, like the whole connection between them, um, like how close they are and how he's how he's like obviously from then on it, it kind of it kind of that for that movie kind of shapes the rest of MCU up till I would say Civil War at least, or even after Civil War, because like everything his relationship Bucky with Bucky is the reason why the Avengers break up essentially. Like that's pretty much the reason why the Avengers break up. Um, but yeah, this like to me, like I said, I, easily still, arguably still the my favorite MCU movie. Um, very this part, like the, the the entire movie from the start to finish. I, I feel like it's near perfect, if not perfect, the way it, everything went about with it. Um, and then obviously, like the whole suspense with them coming down, where Shield was infiltrated by Hydra long ago, uh, and it's interestingly enough that kind of uh, I know we talked about this before, but when they were doing Agents of Shield, there was like a kind of a mystery around Agents of Shield too, and as far as what was going on in the show, because it was kind of confusing. Like what, and and I guess you told me that they didn't even know that this was going to happen. I thought they knew, and that's why they were working around that. Because um, I remember at that time, I was still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I guess you said they didn't even know. So they, and, 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 and looking back on it, it's like, man, you know, that it makes sense why everything was so confusing yeah. for that season. I was like, where are they going with this? <laughs> like, Yeah, they all they knew was what was in the trailers, but they didn't know that they were actually going to take S.H.I.E.L.D. down. 
in the movie. So like the next week, that's what they shot was like over the course of the week of the movie coming out. And then the, the next episode is what they shot and put on on screen or put on air for the shield coming down and had to pivot the entire season because they didn't know that shield wasn't going to, because again, they were trying to be in line with the MCU the best they could, but they weren't working directly with Kevin Feige. It wasn't with Marvel studios. It was with Marvel TV because Marvel studios was a separate entity. And it was with Jeff Loeb uh, running Marvel TV. So they just didn't have the communications, even though in the marketing, it was always about, it's all connected is what they were saying. It's all connected with the Netflix stuff and the Marvel's uh, TV stuff that was on ABC and and Marvel studios. It's all connected, but it really in earnest. It wasn't until Marvel studios uh, took over Marvel TV and the first Marvel TV show on Marvel studios was WandaVision. So that's the first one. Oh no, my action figures are falling. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, yeah, like, that was it, like for sure. It is absolutely um, still up to to me one of the best, if not the best, uh, MCU movie um, there is. Period. Uh, it's 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 like you said, near perfect. It's it's almost you almost don't even need to have watched anything before that to watch this movie. You could just jump right in and watch it as a standalone movie and be all right. Like sure, there would be some things that you wouldn't know. Uh, or some things like some context of like how big a deal Shield is, but there's enough in this movie that you don't need to have watched Captain America: The First Soldier or watched even the Avengers movie to get how uh, important and impactful what's going on in this movie uh, is, and and how it is going to go forward, and how important uh, Shield going down is the relationship with Bucky and Steve and so on even natasha as well with uh fury and and all of these characters were so well done it was like a great espionage uh action movie and uh really great fight scenes the knife fight scene um it, with uh bucky and uh and cap was was really awesome um didn't need a whole lot of like flashy superpowers either because it was, was basically but enhanced super soldier guy yeah uh girl with guns versus a guy with a metal arm versus also enhanced super soldier powers yeah and then there's batrock he he fights really good and flips around a little bit and uh nick fury got an eye patch and a gun so it wasn't like uh you needed spider-man or iron man or superman or whatever uh, for this movie, but it worked really well. So um, they did a, a knockout job it's by yeah. far. And, and there's really cool action movie. scenes too, like the when he's escaping Shield's headquarters and he takes down that uh, that that jet that's coming down to get him. Yeah, like, like yeah. just such a badass scene, like him him riding the motorcycle, jumping on the top of the shield, and just absolutely destroying the, destroying that jet that's coming down to try to get him. Yeah, there's uh, a, the really elevator cool fight that was yeah. really sick. The one of my um, favorite one of my favorite things was like he realizes what's going on and he's like, if anyone wants to get off, speak <laughs> now. Because <laughs> he he realizes right away, all right, they they're about to try to attack me. 
So, uh, yeah. uh, other uh, iconic scene where he's like pulling the helicopter and you got all his like muscles just like ripped chest and biceps right. like pulling this thing like why back the, and yeah. like dang, oh my god <laughs> yeah 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 that this how it goes to be like we're we're like we're like really romanticizing but like it just shows like how much we love this movie it's right like yeah it's easily s tier um so yeah let's let's move on I think uh the next one Guardians of the Galaxy um to me this also like I have it at S, but A is probably the lowest I would go with it. Um, personally, like I said, I thought it was fun. Like, you know, it, it, this, like this. So originally when they announced they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, like pretty much I would say most people, even, unless you're like a hardcore comic book reader, you had no clue what who the Guardians of the Galaxy were probably. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore comic book reader, and I and I read sufficient amount of comic books, but I didn't know a lot about them. I I knew, but I I heard about them in in passing, like just from reading random issues. But I didn't know like a deep thing about like uh, I hadn't read extensively about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I was like, mm, interesting. This is going to be interesting that they're doing an entire like movie about these guys. Um, and when it came out, obviously, like. It was really well received. Like it was probably one of the best well received MCU movies, considering the characters. I mean, the actors they picked obviously are really good, um, and obviously you get one of the best like castings in uh, Dave Bautista for MCU uh, for his character that he plays, um, and he he plays it like marvelously. Uh, you obviously have uh, Peter Quill who are. Chris Pratt, who does who does pretty good justice to Peter Quill, um, the entire storyline is pretty good too. Like how you know they're just this ragtag bunch of you know outcasts that kind of become a team together and are able to you know essentially save the galaxy, if you will, uh, no pun intended, or whatever you want to call that. But yeah, like it, it was just a, it was a it was a really good well month done movie and it kind of shows you like at its peak when mcu could take a movie uh characters that not a lot of people know about and then just make it into something where it's like oh man everyone all the audience obviously the comic book fans just loved it and then the general audience that are very casual just comic book movie fans just absolutely loved it too in, in general so yeah for me like i said i had it in s tier a would be the lowest I would go with it. Like an A would be like you'd have to convince me in a sense that why it should be an A. Well, let me convince you why I think it should be an A because I really like this movie a lot, but I don't love it. Uh, but I understand there's like a lot of people. It's kind of like, um, well, at least at the time, uh, you have to remember at the time. Like I said, a lot of people didn't know a lot about it. But also at that time, this was 2014, we a lot of people were starting to experience their first MCU burnout moments. Like they're feeling burnout from uh, watching so many comic book movies because before this, comic book movies were pretty rare and the only good ones were basically Batman and even uh batman movies were still hit or miss you know you got batman and robin and so on um but 
comic book movies were hit or miss and they were coming out so frequently and people were starting to get burned. I was like, Oh, I gotta, you know, especially with watching what is guardians of the galaxy. I don't know what that is. I never heard of it. Um, you know, I don't know these characters and so on. And for me personally, I like, like you, I didn't read guardians of the galaxy. I didn't know a whole lot about the characters. I knew who Groot was. Um, I knew who Gamora was, I actually was familiar with most of the characters individually, but not as a group um, and, and never really read anything in particular about them. Um, that being said, their depictions were great. Um, but I do want to say, I think that Drax was actually the weakest character in the first movie. Uh, it wasn't until volume two that I, you know, I think he stole the show in volume two and was the best character by far. But in the first movie, I think he was the weakest. Uh, I think the best character in the first movie between like um, Rocket and, and Star-Lord, I would say, are probably uh, the, the best ones of the group with a little bit of Gamora in there. But she really shines also in volume two. Um, but th that said, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, the what really sold the movie, sold the movie was the music. Um, James Gunn picked an incredible soundtrack to go with this movie and it's one of the reasons why people started liking comic book movies again because it's kind of like deadpool and how people were experiencing burnout with uh, comic book movies but then deadpool comes out and is so refreshing and different and and something they hadn't experienced that they were just like oh wow i'm a hardcore deadpool fan now people became hardcore fans of guardians of the galaxy because how great the music was and fun. The characters were and being off world. It was the first movie that was like in space in the MCU. So uh, it also just set the precedent of what space is like in the MCU. Um, Cause they, you know, revisited that with volume two and then Thor Ragnarok and then uh, other stuff that has been in space or has space uh, involved. Uh, but still it, it was a little, uh, a little too silly. Like he literally did defeat Ronan by dancing. So, you know, like Kevin Bacon. So, uh, it's fun. And for me, and I thought that was cool, but at the same time, that's not what I wanted or expected any type of, you know, thing like that. Also, this is also still that era where, villains were kind of one and done and got killed and didn't come back and you know Ronan's such a powerful and great character but now he's just kind of dead it, it, you know stuff like that um his even his motivations were a little weird so i i don't i didn't love him there and they, they even squander him again in captain marvel but that's just you know is what it is so yeah i don't think it's as pitch perfect as a captain america movie as a captain america winter soldier but it's still not so bad it's not bad it's not bad at all it's great it's fun um and i do like it it's still the best guardians movie until volume three comes out at least um so yeah i i put it at a because i don't i don't think it's that perfect but it's it's close but i don't think it's that good yeah, I mean that's fine, and like I said, we can even put it at a. Um, like I don't think it's like near perfect or anything. I just thought it's. I think it's one of the better MCU movies. Absolutely. Um, 
So to me, like I would have it up there. But yeah, I'm I'm good with it being an A. I'm not like too distraught about your reasoning um, for having it an A. So um, yeah, that's fair. Um, moving on. Of so the next movie that came out was the second Avengers movie. It was Age of Ultron. Um, you know, so this one's interesting. Like so, it gets a lot of hate. Overall, mm-hmm. I feel like more hate than I like. I personally like. I get it. I I don't think it was. It was. It's not like one of the best MCU movies or better MCU movies even, but I feel like the hate gets a little bit overblown. Yeah, to a degree. Um. Like I, I think when when you look back at it, I think it, it 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 builds a lot of memorable and important parts of what the rest of the MCU, uh, like at least the rest of like up to what phase um, three through phase three, the importance of what everything that happens in there is going to come about. Um, I like the the dynamics that they're still showing between the team, like that they're still kind of learning to trust each other you know what they're still you know they've been working together but they're still very individual egos they all have very um uh the way they go about each other and and still there's and then you still and that movie you really start seeing tony's side of you know his like i want like that's the start of like tony versus cat uh, cat essentially um, like the sides of Tony versus Cap, as far as Tony wants to do whatever it takes to um, to supposedly secure Earth and save the world and and do the right thing, but Cap is more like I'm not going to compromise my my uh, beliefs and or compromise my um, how do I say this um, morality to to do whatever it takes in a sense. So that's kind of the beginning of that too. And obviously you kind of see the buildup of, of that dynamic. Then you get to introduce obviously um, the twins. Uh, I know you get to introduce Wanda obviously in that movie, which is really cool. Vision appears in that movie with the, uh, I always forget which stone they put in, in on him in this movie, in this MCU. They put what? Uh, the, mind Stone. Mind Stone, the Mind Stone, that's right. Um, the only one thing I didn't care for, and, and it's a, it's a Yash Whedon thing. Like Yash Whedon likes to kill characters randomly. And I didn't really care for them killing Quicksilver. It doesn't make sense because he's fucking fast as hell. So he should have been able to dodge those bullets. It is just dumb. Like, like why would, like, why, why did you kill Quicksilver? That didn't make any sense. It was not needed. Uh, it just, like, it's like I said, he's really fucking fast. He could, he could dodge those bullets. Like there was no reason for him to get you killed right there. Is that just in that way? Um, that's probably the one thing I didn't like about it. Uh, really dislike about it. So for me personally, I have it in B. Um, like I said, it's it's a solid movie. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. Obviously, it's not great by any means. Um, but like I said, it's a, it's a solid movie. It's it's enjoyable. Um, I've rewatched it many times. I like actually I do like I even got talk about Ultron. Like I like Ultron and I thought I think they get the character pretty well because in the comics he's like that too. Like he's kind of contradictory of himself in a in a way. 
and obviously Vision orig originally is a is a villain too in the comics, but in here they straight up have him as a good guy. Um, that's funny. Oh, the, I hate I hated Ultron. Oh really? I, I thought it was Ultron was fine. I, I one thing I'll say. I, I one thing <laughs> one of my favorite parts about this movie. I love the Easter egg they have of Cap uh, being able to lift Monair. Um, mm -hmm. I did a fist pump when because he the, the table shakes. He's like, dude, Cap should be able to lift this. He's he's worthy. Um, and then obviously they do like the and they show and they show Thor kind of sweating. He's like, oh no, he's gonna lift it. Um, and then obviously later the movie they show Vision just straight up lifting uh, Monair, and mm -hmm. then he kind of just that's kind of a fun scene to kind of show like, yeah, this, we can trust this guy um, because he's like, he's been able to lift, lift Molnir. So obviously. Well, yeah. So can an elevator, is an elevator worthy of lifting a, a, <laughs> a being Thor? <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but right, no, yeah. Fair. But yeah, that's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny. That's why I'm like, yeah. But so yeah, I, I have it in B. Um, how about you? Where, where did you uh, go with it? So, yeah, I, um, I hated Ultron in this movie. I, I so I disagree with your uh, perspective and that he was faithful. I thought he was not faithful because, to me, especially uh, and, and you've watched uh, uh, Earth Mightiest Heroes, the Ultron on there yeah. is like perfect. And this is like a couple of years after that Ultron uh, on that uh, animated series um, came out. But for me, Ultron is, he's literally, he's, he, he doesn't have personality, but they gave That's him true. a personality in, in the, the movie with, um, That's true. uh, I forgot his, his, the voice actor's name, which uh, Spader. Uh, James, yeah, Spader, James Spader. Right. So I think James Spader's voice is good for Ultron, but they gave him a personality and made him like, like a human, right. And That's have true. more human characteristics and, and thought patterns than he should have because he should be more analytical and he should be more cold and calculating in in my opinion because i mean they had aspects of that for sure because it's kind of like um uh to go in a different direction a little bit where like uh the x-men animated series uh, is a good example where they had the boulevard trask he created the sentinels and he's like telling the sentinels you know make sure you kill all of the um you know the mutants or whatever and then the sentinels get reprogrammed and they're killing all of the humans and we're like you know, mutants are humans and it doesn't really matter because you know they're the same you guys are the same thing they just have this genetic you know this deviance this deviancy they have this genetic x gene but they're still human so all of you are capable of making mutants so we'll just kill all of you like that's kind of how ultron thinks in the same way and i didn't think that i mean i think like some of the motivations like what was actually done was that way but him having the personality to go with it where he's like singing songs and uh, making jokes and stuff like that was like hitting it in the wrong, wrong direction. Um, but it wasn't super bad. It's just, I wish he was more cold and more just like a, a black and white. Yes. And no kind of, uh, uh, villain 
for me. Uh, that said, um, like I said, I, I, I agree with you, though. I don't think it's nearly as bad as uh, most people seem to think. I think most of their reasoning on why they think it's bad is uh, the, the whole Hulk and Black Widow thing, which at the time I totally was fine with. I didn't I didn't see what the problem was, as most people thought that it made her a weaker character because she was so strong before. And for me, I'm like it, you know, just because they made the woman have a vulnerable uh, position, like she has emotions or she wanted to have a relationship with someone doesn't make her a weaker character. Right. It doesn't take away from you know she's allowed to have desires like she can have pleasures she can have someone and, and want someone and be wanted by someone like she doesn't have to be single forever to be strong woman right uh so it doesn't make sense to me um although i still would have rather her and steve have gotten together especially after winter soldier where i thought that was what they were going to do and have uh, a ship Captain America and Black Widow, I would have been way more happier if they had did that in, in Winter Soldier. Uh, but it was just business, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, um, like I said, it did. And it was also like really funny seeing people's retrospective uh, uh, come back to the movie after watching Infinity War and realizing, hey, just like Thor The Dark World, hey, like they actually referenced this movie. Like, they don't forget about it. Like, even though it's bad, they still took things out of the bad movies and brought it forward. Uh, what do you mean? This happened in that movie. I didn't know that I have to go back and watch this sort of thing. That, there was actually a lot of this phase, like everything in uh, Infinity, Infinity War. A lot of it was established in between Age of Ultron, Thor, the Dark World uh and iron man 3 and and uh ant-man like a lot of it um so all of these moves are like actually really important for the larger narrative of the infinity saga right um yeah so yeah we agree b um is good for that uh let's move on so the next one is the final movie in phase four uh that came out in 2015 is ant-man um so ant-man is funny like the series in general up till i would say the th third no the second well yeah it's the second movie well i mean even part not even the second movie really like it's just a, a small part of the second movie like ant-man is almost like a standalone movie in its own like it's, it doesn't really relate much to the rest of the MCU outside of like name dropping like Tony Stark. Obviously, you see like him being part, uh, Hank Pym being part of uh, Shield, and how he how they want his tack and blah blah blah. Um, but it's kind of uh, stands on its own. And honestly, I think wasn't this one like they had like a bunch of directors, like they had yeah. a lot of script issues, and then they had to have like various different directors that dropped out and that to get it was uh edgar wright the same person that did the uh, scott pilgrim movie 
he was originally the writer and director of Ant-Man and he had pitched this to Marvel well before the MCU had even started. So it was supposed to be, and what he originally wanted it to be was an independent Marvel movie, but just not within the MCU, but between Marvel studios slash Kevin Feige, he's like, no, we need this to connect to the larger part of it. So right before the movie started, uh maybe he started shooting some of it but um Edgar Wright dropped out of it and that's where they got uh Peyton I forget his last name to um to do the rest of the movie and to come in and he ended up doing Ant-Man and the Wasp as well but it was basically because uh it was meant to be uh, like you said it does stand alone because they didn't change the script not 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 that much like it was still the same premise the same kind of movie um that was originally pitched by Edgar Wright but they only changed a, a couple parts so that it would connect to um the rest of the MCU and then going forward Peyton it was the director of Ant-Man and the Wasp I think he's doing Ant-Man Quantumania as well okay. um if I remember correctly yeah but yeah that's you're right on that right so yeah and, and like so when considering all that like and like I like Paul Rudd. I think he's a good actor. He he tends to make fun movies. Um, I liked how he used his silliness in a sense and incorporated it in this movie. Um, I, I liked them. You know, this was more of a lighthearted movie compared to like other some of the other MCU stuff. I mean, I guess like MCU. I shouldn't say that MCU in general is lighthearted. Um, but yeah, to to me, like I said, you know this. The the villain like like the villain was a little weird just because like the yellow jacket is like in the comics is Hank Pym. It's not really like I can't remember if this guy is ever the yellow jacket in the comics. Um, but yeah, like I I thought it's a fun movie. It's a solid movie, and considering all the things that it went through, like I put it in B personally. Um, I thought it did well with the flow. Like it had a, it had a good mix of action and comedy as well. Um, and yeah, I just like I said, I th- it's a solid movie. It's it's obviously it's not a, it's not a fantastic MCU movie, but um, I feel like considering you know, everything it was about, it's definitely better than a lot of other MCU. What other MCU has done, like in general, overall in all their slate. Yeah, if I remember his name correctly, I think it's Danny Pena. I think he stole the show in, in this movie, even though like, all right, not, right, right. He's he's not like the main character, but like it's the comedy of this movie that really makes it shine. Uh, not so much the plot. Not that it's bad. It's one of those. It's a solid movie. It's okay, but then it's really funny. Um, right. So it's enjoyable. It's uh, again another movie that if it's on, I would just watch it and have no problem with it. But I agree with you. I, I, I don't think it's bad by any stretch. Um, I don't think it's exceptional by any stretch either. So it, like a B is a nice middle of the road grade for it. Yeah, and, and it's funny, you know, you mentioned him as an actor. He's been in like so many things. Um, like, I guess maybe that was his big break to be in like a blockbuster. But because I remember him being in so many many like various different things i'm trying to look his uh 
if I can find his. Wait, that's not him. I'm trying to look at it, his IMDB, and it's such a. Hold on, let's see if this one might. Because he, had, like, I just always remember him in like a lot of random things. Um, what the heck is this? No, while you're looking that up, I'll just uh, go I and can't. say. I uh, I really even though well, actually like what you're saying, um, oh, Yellow Jacket is not um, Hank Pym in this movie. But um, that being said, um, I, I I completely agree. I like I feel betrayed though. Like even with Wasp, like we're not we didn't get Janet Van Dyne until later. But like there's like a little Easter egg of it, and I feel like come on, like we have everything is relatively accurate to the comics. We don't have Hank Pym. We don't have Janet Van Dyne. Like, I really wanted them to be a part of the Avengers, but we ended up getting the roster uh, that the Avengers had in the first movie and the second movies, you know, unchanged. But Hank Pym is such a big, important character. He's one of the smartest, if, if uh, dang near as smart, maybe smarter than Tony Stark, but yet we don't get to see that in the movies. And we get Scott Lang, we get this other Ant Man as well. Um, and in general, I, I know the reasons why, uh, but I don't, you know, want to get into that today. But in general, I would still have rather at least had Janet. Um, I still would like to have Janet being a part of the Avengers, but not, not Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, love her, but uh, in general, uh, that's not the Janet that I would want to be in the Avengers movies. Um, so unfortunately, it's not going to happen. And I don't even know if Hope is going to ever join the. Hope Van Dyne is ever going to join the Avengers formally, um, which would be interesting if she does. But uh, yeah, you you, uh, you got what you're looking for. No, I want it. Yeah, so Michael, it's, it's Michael Pena. Michael, um, but yeah, he's just like if you look at his IMDb. Yeah, yeah, you look at his IMDb. He has so many small roles like that. He was been like, um, he was in um, East Eastbound and Down. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles, um, I'm trying to Tower Heist, Gangster Squad, American Hustle. Um, like, yeah, there's a lot of random stuff. I can't remember how big his roles are in that. He was like in a, a show of uh, episode of CSI, or did he play? Yeah, he was in one episode of CSI. Um, he was in a couple episodes of NYPD Blue ER, like an ep- a couple episodes of ER. So yeah, he like he's been in he's been doing movies and shows and stuff in such a long time, and like I guess he finally got his big break breakthrough around that time. Um, unless I'm missing something else, if there was another bigger movie that he was in, I can't. Like I watched American Hustle, I don't think he's that much in American Hustle. Like he's, I think he has a f- smaller role in that movie. He doesn't really have a big movie, uh, big role in that movie. But yeah, um, he, like I say, yeah, he was really funny, and he's probably a big part of that movie as well. So, yeah, so we have that at B, uh, but we that we both agree it's it's a solid movie. Um, let's move on to the shorts now. Uh, I will say that I did not watch Agent Carter. I, I didn't. I didn't know about it. Um, I know there's a show, like an actual show for Agent Carter, uh, but I didn't. I didn't know there was a short uh, for that. 
So I personally didn't watch it, so I can't really comment on it. So I'll let you take off on, on Agent Carter. All right. So Agent Carter is it's like 15 minutes long. Both of them are about 15 minutes long. Uh, All Hail the King and Agent Carter. Um, so this was right after, um, I say, Avengers, I believe. This came out right after the Avengers movie. Uh, but it's meant to take place right after the Captain America first uh, first Avenger uh, movie. So uh, it is a prelude to what would end up being the Agent Carter uh, series that was on ABC. And it's very simple. It's not, you know, anything super complicated or uh, even amazing, but it's not bad. It's actually it's a decent short little thing. But um, it does lack a little bit. Like, I could see what the points they were making. Um, it was just highlighting the misogynistic uh, time period and that they were uh, essentially what they did is after the war was over, they were saying, oh, she's traumatized because she lost Steve. She's not. Uh, so they gave her a, a basically a desk job where she was supposed to be like out in the field and she wanted to be out doing work, but they put her at a desk job uh, uh just try to hold her back and then she ended up just kind of rebelling a little bit and taking a a, a quick mission and showing her skills and her and uh, it was supposed to be like a five-man mission but she ended up doing it all by herself um some of the stuff was kind of cute some decent action in there but some stuff is just like yeah the writing just kind of that uh on this but it's not again it's not awful uh, it gets the point across and you see what she's capable of. And then at the end, she, again, it's the whole point of the agent Carter show. And then this is to establish that she was one of the reasons that shield, uh, was established. Like she's a founding member of shield. Um, so that this is just like the first, first little step for uh her establishing shield and then the agent carter series as it was um so we're not talking about the series just this little short um so for me i think it's okay um it could have been a little bit better but it's also just 15 minutes um but it has some decent action just to be okay but not quite good enough for me to say it's as good as ant-man or anything like that yeah agreed uh, I, I mean I, agreed i i'm not sure um like i said i, I I'll, I'll take your word for that um i have not sure maybe i'll go you said it's on disney plus so I'm, maybe i'll go check it out and uh see where where, where my, what i think about it in general uh and finally we'll go with all hail the king uh i have seen that i actually saw that like a year before Song Chi came out because I hadn't heard about it. And then I found out that there was something out there. And I found this short somewhere online because I was like, I was searching for it. I was like, how come this is not available anywhere? Like, what the heck? Like, how come it's not easily available? And I found it on a random streaming site. Um, um, I, I really enjoyed it just because, like, I thought it was interesting. Like, it came out in 2014. Um, and I feel like MCU at that point knew that they wanted to do something like something with the Mandarin character the way that they did in Sung Chi. Like I felt like they had something set up already. And I don't know if maybe at that point they had Sung Chi in the works. 
I highly like, doubt it. Character, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I would like the idea of the character. I wouldn't doubt it, uh, as far as wanting to do the movie at some point, because these things don't just pop up over like overnight. Um, like sometimes they say, "Wow," and they just think about where they want to put it. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, that's just a fact. Um, but anyways, uh, so it was interesting and I, I really enjoyed it. It's a fun short. It, it's kind of cool and how they, um, how they kind of build up, like build up to like the, that they're interviewing, like the short is about them interviewing him essentially is supposedly interviewing him. Um, and then in the end you find out that it's not a, really an interview. It's the actual, like the actual Ten Rings or the Mandarin upset with him and coming to take him. Uh, like, I think, if I remember correctly, they were going to try to kill him or if they were just trying to take him because he was he had tried to uh, portray the actual Mandarin. The actual Mandarin was just upset with him. And obviously later you find out he's with, in, in Song-Chi, he's been with the Mandarin this entire time. Uh, but... Yeah, like I said, I thought it was fun, and for me personally, uh, because I thought it was a, it was like, like I said, it was, it was solid. Um, I have it in uh, B as for for myself. I thought it's like I said, it, it's it's well done, short, um, and I like considering how well it fits into what MCU ended up wanting to do later. Um, I think. I think uh, I, that's where I would place it. I would place that at B. All right. So I guess uh, this is the only thing we'll disagree on. So I don't like it at, that much, um, mostly because I just don't like the Trevor Slattery character at all. Um, even in Shang-Chi, it wasn't like anything that uh, a character that I was excited to see or thought was entertaining or anything like that. It was just, just a weird character. And... Uh, yeah, just the way they treat Mandarin and this whole this is the whole situation is just I don't like. Um, but the just watching it again and I'm like, yeah, this I'm not feeling any of this. It wasn't until the end where there was a gun and then the guy like the guy that was interviewing was secretly uh you know ten rings and he killed what he had, what happened, he had the gun in the, the camcorder and he used the gun to kill all of the other guys that were in the room and then he kidnapped uh trevor slattery and then he went to go be with the mandarin that was the whole point was to extract him and that's like you said he was with the mandarin the whole time so like literally of the 15 minutes of it i only thought one minute was good and that was the last minute where he they actually was a little bit of fighting and then they they left the rest of it was you know him being worshipped as like a famous actor in jail and having bodyguards because they really like his his mandarin voice and uh they, they was being silly showing off like this like 80s version of a tv show and he was like dressing up as different you know uh, like a younger version of himself as an actor it was just a little goofy and a little too goofy for me i should say and it was already a character that i don't find favorable so I didn't care for this at all. And I think it's, I think it's a, uh, like right in the D tier, but if you're in a B tier, then we can split it and call it a C tier. 
Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, like for me, I just like it because of how they like that far in advance they they knew they they wanted to do something with the Mandarin character, and I just thought it was cool uh, how they set that up essentially. Um, so I, I just think that that for that reason that kind of weighed swayed me over into wanted to be and be. Uh, like I said, I didn't think it was like fantastic or great by any means, but. Uh, yeah, so that's our tier list. Um, I don't know if anyone uh, that wat is watching or watches this eventually has their own thoughts. You can always tweet at us or reply in the comments uh, later what your thoughts are on the tier uh, that we have. But uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up here, Carl? Um, not a final thought, but a real quick observation that I made on uh, Disney Plus uh, while I was watching this stuff. So. Uh, super quickly, I want to show you or show the world um, because we have some new additions to the MCU uh, with Disney Plus. So when I was looking for this stuff, uh, I noticed, oh, yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in timeline order. Oh, neat, because Ca Agent Carter definitely wasn't the second movie and neither was Captain America. Right. But this is in timeline order. So I was just flicking through and saw, okay, this happens here. That makes sense. This was in the 90s and this was 2008 and so on. So that's cool. And I was just flicking through and then here's the other shorts. Funny thing happened to Thor's hammer. There's the consultant. We were just talking about these things. Yada, yada. And then, oh, here's all hail the king, Iron Man, so on, so on. And then look. It's Groot. All those Groot shorts that came out like two months ago are already in the timeline order. And each short, because there's five of them, are here. But you can see that there's first episode is after Guardians 1, but before Guardians 2. But then all of the other ones are after Guardians 2 and before Age of Ultron. So I thought that was really cool uh, to see that officially be placed in the timeline um in general and now we know exactly when those took place and then just to go over the rest of these it has everything else in kind of the order that you might expect if you know anything about the mcu but also you can see some of the other things like shang chi happens before eternals uh and you know falcon and winter soldier and wandavision before that and here's moon knight and she hulk she hulk came out recently but happened before miss marvel which is interesting and it doesn't have any spider-man here because they don't have spider-man movies on right. Disney plus so even the hulk uh the original hulk is not in here because it's but, 21st century i believe right yeah or they whatever, don't have the rights to have that whatever so that. that would be here somewhere if mm -hmm. uh if they had rights to have it but other than that uh, I thought that was interesting seeing the Groot stuff and then also kind of seeing the more recent things like Shang-Chi and Moon Knight, how they place with She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and so on. So that's where we're at. And then Black Panther obviously is not here yet, but I would think it's probably the latest on the timeline. Uh, probably uh, until Guardians and Ant-Man come out, we won't really know. But yeah, that's it. All right, yeah. So obviously, if uh, whatever you thought of our tier list, let us know. But yeah, that's a wrap for today's episode. Again, as always, please check out all our previous episodes that you may have missed on the Barroom Network on 
the YouTube channel and on the um, audio uh, side as well, on the podcast platform side, where you can find us on all major or minor podcast platforms. Um, obviously, check out all the other shows that uh, Barber Massa offer. Um, we will be back next week for sure. Uh, but I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah if you're celebrating Hanukkah. Um, I think Kwan- is Kwanzaa still going on right now too? I don't know. Um, uh, that is know um, that 26, I believe. Is it? Okay. H- happy Kwanzaa as well to anyone that celebrates that. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Happy holidays. See you guys.